Welcome to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. This is Pastor Ariel, and we have been looking through these episodes at lesson number eight of the Sabbath School lesson entitled The Council, the Jerusalem Council, based on Acts chapter 15. We are now on Thursday, August 23rd, but whenever you're listening, that's when this lesson is for you. So don't feel that because it is not August 23rd, you should not listen to it. I'm using that just as for reference sake. But whenever the Lord leads you to listen to this podcast, I pray it will speak to your experience and provide the needs that you have, uh, spiritual needs that you have presently in your life. Uh, we're starting to segue to the closing part of the lesson. And so we've already talked about the, the, the decision that the council has made. And here's something that I think is very much needed to be highlighted. Um, earlier in the lesson, I asked, how, how comfortable do you feel in having spiritual leaders that provide guidance and orientation to the church? And specifically, how do you feel when that guidance and orientation goes in a direction that you hoped was not going to go? How do you feel when the leaders come to a conclusion that you are pretty certain is not really altogether correct? That's where we find ourselves in the lesson in Thursday. And I'm not going to go into all of it. Again, I want to encourage you. Uh, go and wrestle with these concepts also on your own. Study the scriptures. Study the lesson. Because the lesson will provide way more information than I can in this brief moments. Again, you can go to ssnet.org ssnet.org and you can get the, the lesson online for free. I believe you can print it from that website. If you need a paper copy like I do, I like to scribble all over the place. Um, or you can download the, the iOS app for free or the Android app. And I do believe that the iOS and the Android include those mission stories. I read a story to you earlier in uh, the earlier episodes and I will do so further in the other episodes as well because these stories really have so much heart. I love to know how other brothers and sisters are doing in other parts of the world and how they are relating to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now we're looking at a, the council makes this decision and they create a document, a letter. And this letter becomes now an official document. This has not happened before in the church. The church is starting to take shape in organization. But it's not guided by one human being at the top following one human being, but rather a group, a collective group of apostles and elders prayerfully asking the Holy Spirit for guidance. And really, the, though the, the, the many minds are working together, they're not trying to come up with the answers on their own. If you look at the previous lessons, the answer they provide for the Gentiles is actually based on Scripture. They're constantly quoting Old Testament passages to affirm what the Holy Spirit is convicting their hearts. The Holy Spirit is saying, remember what you read in Amos? Remember what we read here? Remember what we read in Exodus? Remember Abraham? And so they're, they're being guided not by the impressions and though God gave um, Peter a dream, ultimately they were all guided back to Scripture. Scripture through the, the, the church leaders gathering together and praying together for with humility, as we learned yesterday, God will honor those acts of humbling asking for the Lord for guidance and orientation. So now, the lesson provides something that, as a leader, I find it, a, 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 one of my, my elders, uh, Jason, he uses this word called rub. A rub. Um, 
I, I would love to have read that in Acts chapter 15, the council came up with this uh, document. It was read all over the churches and all the churches shouted, hurrah, hurrah, praise the Lord. We will go with where our leaders are counselings to go. Certainly the Gentiles were happy in Antioch, but the, those were that were called the Judaizers, those Christians that were convinced that it, it, Gentiles needed to get circumcised, they were not happy. They were not very happy. And actually, there's a little sentence at the very end of Thursday that says, even the disciples were not all prepared to accept willingly the decision of the council. That is a painful statement. For me, I love to have consensus. I love to, to you know, invest. Let's not just hurry through this decision because there are concerns and questions other people may have. And, and maybe if they understand better, or maybe if they, they see the, the, the other things that we have not been provided yet, they can agree to unite together. And I'm realizing that, as, as and I know that I'm not the only person that hopes for that in, in every church, but the reality is, is that the Bible doesn't present uh, hardly ever a unanimous moving forward. The apostles and the elders, they come up with a unified decision, but the church is not always all ready to move forward with those decisions. Um, they were not, even the disciples were not all, some were, but not all were prepared to accept willingly the decision of the council. So what do we do at those moments? Do we wait? Do we uh, take another vote? The church moved forward. The church moved forward with the hopes that those would recognize that in the moving forward, the, the evidence later on would vindicate the decision. But that's something that you know we, every church has to uh, grapple and wrestle with. But for me, as a pastor, uh, I, again, thinking of the, the church leadership in every church, not just the churches that I pastor, but in every church. If a church is going to, if the leadership is going to come with a decision in which there's a potential, there's a possibility that we will not be able to arrive at consensus with everyone, we really need to be sure that that decision was born out of much prayer. And I've been reading uh, in my personal devotions the, the Gospel of Matthew. And I've been going through the chapter in regards to prayer. And there's something about the chapter in regards to prayer that I completely ignored. Um, not willingly, but I had just overlooked. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus says, Whenever you fast, He doesn't tell you when, why you should fast, but He tells you you should. Whenever you fast. Jesus is looking at prayer and fasting together. And I think that myself as a pastor, if we're going to be as leaders, myself included, bringing to the church sensitive issues, issues that could potentially fragment, that the enemy could bring contention and division, those decisions ought to have been preceded by much prayer. And guess what? Fasting. Prayer and fasting. Because as I'm, I've been doing a study of over a week and a half of this um, practice of fasting where does it originate from and its origin is actually that was quite it was anticlimactic for me personally where I, the first uh, time that the word fasting occurs in the old testament but consistently throughout the many uses throughout the old testament it is always coupled with humility it's an act to show god 
I'm, I'm, I'm submitting. I'm choosing the path of humility. Prayer with an attitude of humility. Fasting. When we make decisions based on that, not how can we get the vote to be yes, how can we get this vote to get turned down, that is not humility, and that's certainly not seeking God's will. But when we come together as elders, reconciling ourselves, Jesus says, don't bring your offering to the altar until you've reconciled yourself with your brother. As we are seeking to unite ourselves and not allowing any yeast of hypocrisy, any yeast of sins in our hearts and anything that the enemy could bring to fragment as the elders and deacons and deaconesses and the pastors and the whole church, but especially the leaders, recognize the venture of leading a church exceeds every single human being, being's mind. We are not capable. It is beyond us. We need to adopt the attitude of Solomon when he said, I am but a child. Because of that, I sense my deep need of prayer. Do you sense that? I want to challenge you to search your heart and look for opportunities not only to pray, but to pray and fast. Fasting will do something to the heart, not because of superstition or magic, but because of faith. God will honor our acts of praying and fasting. Do you need to make big decisions in your life and you want to be sure that you're not following your inclinations but the will of God? Pray and fast. God will hear and answer. Acts chapter 15 assures us that though we may not get complete consensus in, with everyone, though we may want to, He will give us the, the assurance that He has answered us and we can move forward in confidence. What an assurance, what a promise that we have if we choose to humbly come before the Lord with a heart that is willing to pray and fast seeking His guidance.